Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with Paula pant who launched her own business at the age of 27 traveled to 30 countries by age 30 and hates cubicles with a passion her blog afford anything is dedicated to developing laptop based lifestyle businesses crushing limits and maximizing life afford anything.com is a new gathering spot for a tribe of people who want to build wealth create freedom travel enjoy epic adventures and quite and quit in the corporate grind. In this episode, episode 203, we're going to be talking about how to brighten your content with personality, story, and the occasional outburst. This is something I love. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Paula, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. How are you? I I am doing great. I don't know if anyone can tell, but Paula is just as pumped as I am. And that like almost never happens, Paula. (laughs) Oh, I am ready. I am beyond ready. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm I'm excited. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Let's just get into you. So, you know, I'm looking at your story. I'm looking at the stuff that you're doing. And, you know, I'm getting kind of the impression that you're kind of like an adventurous person. Is that correct? Totally, totally. I believe that life is just an epic adventure. It's meant to be lived. It's not meant to be in a cubicle or or even as much as I love blogging, it's not always meant to be sitting in front of your laptop or in front of your computer or at your podcasting microphone. You know, <laughs> get out there. It's it's bright, it's sunny, it's it's hopefully you're somewhere that it's warm. Uh, why um, <laughs> why you got to go there though? I mean, <laughs> why's it got to be like that? I'm I'm right here in my office, you know, podcasting looking out the window at the snow that just gusting down the ice. You you just made me sad. Oh, you know what? Okay, snow. <laughs> go out there and make snow angels. Go snowboarding. Learn how to ski. Go sledding. I love it. <laughs> all right. So, okay. You've, you've been on all kinds of adventures. C- can you think of like maybe what's the most um, interesting or exciting adventure you've been on to date? Oh, there are so many. I mean, uh, going uh, the, obvi- the obvious answers are going skydiving, learning how Ooh. to scuba dive, going s- even just snorkeling for the first time. Um, those, those are like sort of the obvious answers. But the less obvious, probably more memorable stuff is – uh, riding a, a bus from Laos to Vietnam and like uh, seeing having the bus stop at these various random places and seeing people bring appliances onto the bus like huh. like motorcycles and washing machines that are just sitting there in the bus aisle or chickens that are in there in the <laughs> aisle of the bus with you and you're like riding they're they're your seatmate and you're riding next to them wow 
That is awesome. That's awesome. So uh, skydiving, that's on my bucket list. That's something that I am afraid to do, but I just really have to do it sometime just to say that I did it. Um, so, uh, and so, uh, And you're still alive. Yeah, I did it. You know, I did that. Actually, that was one of the first like sort of adventurous things that I ever did. It was when I was 18. I didn't really think about it. I sort of did it on impulse. And I I probably should have planned this better. But I I called my parents the night before. And I was like, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to go jump out of a plane. And they're like, when? And I'm like, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. And they're like, uh... Um, could you get, could you have please given us a little bit more time to prepare for this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's awesome. So, okay. So you started out, um, you went to college and uh, you got a job after that. And it seems like something, maybe, I I don't know, did something change that all of a sudden you want to go on all these adventures or were you this way all your life? You know, all throughout college, I really wanted to go overseas. Um, I was always aware that there was this whole big world out there, and I had only seen a tiny little sliver of it. Um, And so I really, as a college student, I really wanted to study abroad, but I didn't have the money. Study abroad programs are really expensive. Um, And so I thought about it, and I realized I didn't really want to study. I just wanted to go abroad. (laughs) (laughs) And so... um, and so I thought, well, okay, instead of paying – instead of going into debt and, and paying all of this tens of thousands of dollars to study abroad, why don't I just save up some money and then after I graduate, go overseas on uh-huh. my own? Okay. And so that was the line of thinking. And of course, when I graduated, I didn't have any money because I was a brand new, fresh out of college graduate. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I didn't have any student loans, so I was debt free. But I also didn't have any savings. I was just starting at zero. Um, And so I got a job because that's what you do when you graduate from college. And I worked for three years. But during those three years, I was obsessively saving money, just living as frugally as I could. And after three years of doing that, I had saved up $25,000. So at that point, I quit my job, bought a one-way plane ticket to Cairo and, and started my big adventure. So you okay? So you're going on this big adventure. Um, I mean, are you blogging at this time, or did blogging come later on? What, what, I, what were you doing? I was initially blogging. So at that point, I didn't know anything about blogging. Uh-huh. Other, I mean, I knew that there was such a thing called blogs that existed, uh-huh. and so the, I started this. Uh, it was a. Um, a blogspot.com blog. I never gotcha. even bothered to register my own like domain uh-huh. URL. So I just had a blog, a blogspot.com blog and I would update it like maybe once a week. Um, and I hadn't, I didn't know anything about blogging, Leslie. I didn't even know, I didn't know how to promote a blog. I didn't know what the letters SEO stood for. I (laughs) didn't know what Twitter was. All I was doing was just adding content to the blog and telling my friends about it and then wondering why I didn't have any readers. And so I persisted in that state for two years, blogging and putting loads of work into creating really good content that nobody read. So why why were you blogging at that time? Did you think it was going to be like a business? Did you think, you know, you just wanted to share the adventures that you were going on? What was the intention? It was a little bit of both. Part of it was just in order to to share those stories with my friends. Because, you know, when you're traveling in all these different countries, people want to know what you're up to. Definitely. And um, blogging was sort of a systematic way for me to be able to record and write down these stories. And, And that way, instead of having to send emails to my friends or to, or to in, update them individually. I could just point people to the blog and say, hey, this is what I'm up to. You know, this is, this is where in the world I am. Now I'm in Laos. Now I'm in <laughs> Vietnam. Now I'm in Cambodia. Um, 
so so part of it was that. And part of it was that in the back of my mind, I did want to make some money from the site. Uh-huh. And I hoped that, you know, if I put – if I just stuck an AdSense banner up there, I was hoping that that would be enough. Um, and, if, you know, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about blogging at that time. So literally, I started that blog in 2007 – it's now 2015. That blog still exists. Uh-huh. And literally to this day, eight years later, I have not earned a single dollar from that blog. <laughs> so, so what made it like now you're doing affordanything.com. Is, is this what you're doing full time? Yes. So now I'm a full-time blogger. So affordanything.com was my second blog. Okay. And this was a blog that I actually treated as a business from day one. Um, and so when I started this, I didn't just write content. I actually took the time to learn um, what I was doing, how to treat this as a business, how to market it, how to gain readers and a following. What's an email list and why do I need one? Um, You know, I spent that, I started going to conferences and and really treating it like an enterprise rather than a hobby. What what caused that change? What caused that shift? You're blogging. I mean, you're already blogging and maybe you're enjoying that blogging. You're sharing your Mm -hmm. experiences, but now, all right, okay, I want to do this as a business. I'm going to start this new one. I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to study. I'm going to attend conferences. What, What caused that? Um, really, honestly, it was the need to make money. Um, after, <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> after uh, spending two years traveling the world and living on my savings, I was rapidly starting to run out of savings. And when that happens, you're faced with this horrible, horrible prospect of <laughs> needing to get a job. And uh, I really wanted to avoid that. I wanted to um, avoid ever needing to go back into the nine to five workforce again. And so in order to make that a possibility, I needed to make enough money to support myself through my laptop. Um, And so I I had been those three years that I spent working out of college. uh, I was a newspaper reporter. So I had a little bit of writing experience. Uh And I thought, well, maybe I could become a full-time blogger. So Um, uh, mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say is uh, uh, if this was a few years ago and you said that comment about, oh, no, that dreadful thing of having to get a job, I would have totally been like, no, it's not bad. Uh, But now I've I've been doing this for, for, you know, a few months and I enjoy self-employment so much that I'm feeling kind of the same thing. If I have to go back and get a job, like a typical job, I just don't see it happening. Exactly. Like that, that's at this point kind of my worst nightmares having to get a job. <laughs> and you know what? I was so scared to quit, Leslie. I was, I was so scared uh-huh. to quit my job because all of my friends said, oh, you're committing career suicide. Uh-huh. You'll never get a job again. And you know what? They were right. I never got a job again. <laughs> all right. So now it's what? Uh, eight years later and you, you're doing this full time. Is, well, is it eight years? Uh, it's been seven years. So I started the blog in 2007. Okay. I qu- officially quit my job and began traveling in 2008. So it's been seven years since I've had a W-2 employer. Okay. Seven years since I've, I've worked for somebody else. So seven years of working on this blog. Was it... You hear some stories of people that they start this blog and all of a sudden it's tremendously successful. And that might have been your um, situation. I don't know. Definitely not me. So, (laughs) how was that journey? How was that journey? Well, so like I said, the first um, it's it's been seven years since I haven't worked for somebody, but the first two and a half years, I was just living on savings and not really working that hard. Yeah. Uh, So. We can say that it's been five years since I've actually worked, quote unquote, worked okay. for myself. 
Um, the first year of that, I was trying to just write freelance articles. Um, as as I had mentioned, I had been a newspaper reporter, so yeah. I thought. Well, maybe I could write freelance articles for other newspapers or other magazines. And I found myself competing with a lot of unemployed ex-journalists and not really making any headway. Um, And so that was really the first year as as the typical struggling, starving artist of not making very much money in my quest to be like support myself self-employed. And um, so it was four years ago in 2011 that I started AffordAnything.com, which is my second blog and the first blog that I really treated as a business Mm -hmm. and um, and uh, and the journey there was really it's the most successful thing I've I've done um, because it allowed me to express myself express my personality and niche down I when I was trying to compete with other ex journalists for freelance writing assignments, I wasn't making very much traction because I was just one of many, many anonymous faces and voices. Okay. But once I created affordanything.com, I I had my own brand, my own voice, um, my own little niche within the internet universe, where instead of just being a writer, I was a writer who specialized in a particular topic. And uh, and that was what really allowed me to gain traction, gain some freelance clients, uh, and start ma- as well as start making money from the blog directly. So, so how did you? Uh, that, and that's that's always an interesting process because I find that there are a lot of people that kind of start general. They're just trying to figure out what they're doing. And you know, when I started, I I was blogging about something relatively different. Um, but you kind of evolved, and then you find your okay. This is my sweet spot. How did you? How did you niche down? How did you find that sweet spot? Um, the premise of the blog started by I wanted to answer one very specific question that my friends were answering, that, that my friends kept asking me. Um, and as I was traveling, people kept asking, how can you afford to do this? And that was the oh. single most common question I got. Um, and I started the blog to answer that question. I started the blog to sort of answer the um, answer people who wanted to know how can you afford to travel, how can you afford to quit your job, how can you afford to, to live this lifestyle that you're living. And uh, and there are so many different ways to answer that question. There's, it sounds like a simple question, but there's so much behind it um, that I guess, Leslie, to answer your question, I didn't really start general. I started by creating an entire blog around the answer to one question. And that blog took on a life of its own because that question is both deep and wide. I, I, you know, I love that. And I don't know that I've heard anyone really describe it that way. They say find your ideal, you know, your customer avatar or whatever the case might be. You narrow down your niche and all that stuff. But you are, you, the, the way you're going through this process of narrowing down your niche is just this is the one question that I'm answering. And that really is a, that's a great way to do it. Oh, thank you. I love it. I love it. Okay, sweet. So, you know, you said you started this blog. It was your way of answering that question. You could put your own personality and story, which really kind of leads us to the topic for today. Because when we met, we met in San Diego at Digital Collab, and you did a talk on how to brighten your content with personality, story, and the occasional outburst. Mm -hmm. And I love that because 
Um, but why is that so important? I'm not even going to say why I love it. Why do you think that's so important? <laughs> so as I mentioned, I, w- I was trained as a newspaper reporter, and a lot of people think that that is beneficial to being a blogger. It is and it isn't. It actually hurt me at the beginning because I've been trained to write in a way that's devoid of personality. Mm. You know, I've been trained to write two gunmen, uh, you know, two gunmen robbed the 7-Eleven on Tuesday, no mm-hmm. bystanders were harmed. That that was that's all my professional training was geared towards writing stories like that. And those stories don't show any of me. They don't show my personality, my voice, my style. Um and that it it hurt my blog in the beginning because mm-hmm. when people go on the internet, they want to connect with another human being. If they just wanted information, they could read a textbook. Like frankly, you know, all, everything that I write about any like and and the blog has iterated so many times into giving advice on everything from how to start a side business to how to invest in real estate to, you know, mini retirements and financial freedom. Like there's so many different topics I cover. But if people really just wanted to cut down to the basic information, you could really you could read a textbook or just and and get a lot of these answers. People come to my blog or any blog because they want to connect with with me and you, they want to connect with the voice and this, the human behind these words. Um, and that was what I didn't realize when I started blogging. And, and when I did realize it, I had to actively unlearn all of my training and, and give myself permission to let that voice come out. And that voice can be incredibly nerdy and incredibly dorky <laughs> at times. Like, I love puns. I love rhymes. I love alliteration. Um, you know, I'm I'm a huge dork, and I've got to just let that shine. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I, I, you know, I'm assuming that the the people that's listening to this podcast right now, they they can't they've kind of bought into that concept, and if they didn't by now, I hope they have just by listening to this interview. But the question is, you know, how do you translate that? Where do you start when you're saying, okay, I want my blog to be a reflection of me. I want it to have my personality. I want it to have my story. How do you how do you go about making that happen? The easiest way to do it is to start telling stories about yourself. Um, start every every blog post with a personal anecdote. Um, and I, actually, I sort of compare this to like uh, a sandwich almost. Okay. In which your the bread is a personal story, and the filling in the middle are the actual helpful tips and advice. So you'll start with a personal story. And then you expand into the the meat um, of the story, which is like, here's some actionable tips that can help you, the reader. And then you close out with that piece of bread again, that that ending of the story, the narrative. Sweet. So can you give me kind of an example of maybe a, a post that you've written recently or just a post that comes to mind where, you know, you went about doing this and, you know, what kind of story did you use and then how did you transition that? Can you give me any specific examples? Sure. There's a story on the blog called Why I Wasted an Hour of My Life to Save $3.60. <laughs> and uh, it's a story in which I describe something that I personally did, which was um, I was buying a, a kitchen cabinet and I was on the phone with the merchant and the merchants and it, it was a the kitchen cabinet was about a hundred dollars and the merchant said, Oh, we'll give you a three percent discount if you pay in person in cash. And I've always been naturally very frugal. I mean, that's that's the quality that allowed me to save 
money to go travel the world. Uh-huh. Um, and so as soon as I heard the word discount, I just had this knee-jerk reaction. And I was like, that sounds great. I'll be there. I'll pay in cash. <laughs> so I jump in my car. I start driving there. And as like as I pull into the parking lot half an hour later, I realize, oh, my goodness, I'm making an hour round trip drive <laughs> to save 3% of $100, which is three bucks. Um, yeah, and it was a complete waste of my time. I spent an hour of my life saving $3. And if I had just taken a couple of seconds to actually do the math, I could have avoided that. <laughs> and plus, I mean, if you really want to be, be nitpicky at this, once you factor for the gas that I spent getting there and back, I probably ended up losing money. Exactly. Um, but so I, I opened with that personal anecdote, that that story, and then I transitioned into the bigger picture, which is don't have these knee-jerk reactions to trigger words like sale, discount, clearance. You know, pause, do the math, think about what it actually means. Um, people will sometimes, if they're traveling, they will quote-unquote live for free in exchange for working eight hours a day. Uh, that's not free. That's you're earning that because you're working eight hours a day. You know, that's maybe a trade or that is a form of compensation that's non-monetary, you know, in the form of room and board rather than monetary. But like, don't let that trigger word free influence your feelings about it. Um, so like, so I started with that personal anecdote. I brought it out into the big picture, uh, which is a conversation about how these emotional trigger words can distract us from the actual reality of what we're facing. And then I closed out with like a little sort of ending of that story once again. Awesome. So you know what I like about that? Um, Not only is it sharing a personal story, but you're also sharing kind of like, you know, I make these mistakes too. So people can kind of mm-hmm. identify with you a little more because not only, you know, you're sharing, a lot of people share stories because it makes us look perfect. You know, right. you know we look good now that we've shared that story. But this is a little, it's kind of a little bit of, um, you're being vulnerable to a certain extent where you're sharing, hey, look, I've made these mistakes. Um, right. But, and here's the lesson that I've learned. So it's not like this blogger is on this next level that never makes these mistakes. And I, I think that's something that really appeals to people. Right, right, exactly. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And I th- I think that when any time that you're sharing a story on your blog, whether it makes you look good or bad, um ask yourself, am I sharing this due to my own ego or am I sharing it because it will actually educate, inform or entertain my readers? Mm. You know, am I sharing it for me or am I sharing it for them? Gotcha. And that's sort of the litmus test that I think that you should you should always ask yourself, you know, because if you're and, you know, when I talk about having the occasional outburst, um, this really applies because if you're taking to your blog to rant about something, are you ranting in order to get something off your chest and therefore only serve yourself? Or are you making this little outburst because it will genuinely benefit the reader in some way? whether it's by informing them or, or educating them or entertaining them, um, you know, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for them? 
Gotcha. No, no, I think that's that's kind of a, a tricky one almost because it's easy to, you know, come to your blog and you, you start ranting about something and it really doesn't go anywhere besides, okay, yeah, you got that off your shoulder. I mean, you got that off your chest and we're good, right? Um, mm-hmm. How do you... I, I don't know that I've done a blog post where I've had a rant. <laughs> and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're saying that everyone needs to go on their blog and start ranting. But how do you do that in a way where um, it, it really does help your audience as opposed to it really does just help you get it off your chest? You know, honestly, I don't. Every time I'll type something out that's a rant and then I sit back I, I, and I don't publish it right away, yeah. I give it. 48 hours or 72 hours. And then I go back and I reread it and I realize, you know what? This is not for my readers. This is just for me. It's for my ego. And so I will, if not delete it, I will just email it to myself and file it away in my Gmail archives so that nobody else in the world reads it. Gotcha. Now, when you started Afford Anything, did you start right from the beginning with your personality in there, with your story in there? Or is that something that kind of evolved over time? It, it definitely evolved over time. My first few blog posts were so boring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're, they're embarrassing. I just some bloggers on their like blogiversary will link back to the first <laughs> post. I really don't want to do that. My first post was awful. Um. And, you know, I actually didn't realize this – is, this is terrible. I didn't realize how bad it was until I emailed another blogger and asked if I could write a guest post for his site. And this was very <laughs> early on, probably within the first month after I started blogging. I asked if I could write a guest post and he was kind enough to write me back and say, I took a look at your site and it looks like spam. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sharing this with you because – I get the impression that you're an actual person when you email me. But when I look at your site, I really don't get that impression at all. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, I wrote back to him and I was like, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that feedback. What recommendations would you have? Um, and the recommendations he gave, you know, in hindsight, they were so obvious. He was like, put up an about page. So that people know who you are. Uh-huh. Put your photo on your about page. Um, share, st- Reveal your identity. Share stories about yourself. I mean, give me some clue that you're a human being. And I hadn't done any of that. I know it sounds really obvious, but I just – I had been trained as, as a journalist. I had been trained to think this is about the story. It's not about me. And so my first few blog posts were very factual and had zero personality. So, you know, we'd say now that, yeah, it's really obvious and all that kind of stuff. But quite frankly, I still visit a lot of websites, a lot of blogs where I know that it's a person writing it, but you really can't tell. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that the tips that he gave you there are great. You know, so some of those things are, number one, you said, put up an about page. Yes. Have a picture. Put up an about page. And have your story on it. Don't don't make it sound like a LinkedIn bio. (laughs) You know, don't be like, so... So-and-so uh, has a degree from 
here. This isn't your CV. Uh This is a place to tell a narrative. So use your about page to tell a narrative. Tell that story. And how much is too much? I mean, are you ever concerned? And this is a question that people ask me a lot because, you know, Mm -hmm. I share stories about my family, my son and um, videos of my son and all these types of stuff. How how when are you crossing the line? In your opinion, when do you think you're crossing that line where, okay, maybe that's a little too much? If you think that you're starting to bore your audience, Mm -hmm. um, that's too much. Like your audience doesn't need to know every single detail of a story. Uh, Sometimes sharing too many details takes away from the narrative flow. Mm -hmm. So uh, actually this is – I went to somebody's about page yesterday because I I was – just visited their blog for the first time and I wanted to know more about them. And their about page was a mile long and it (laughs) went through every single job that they had ever done and it was frankly just boring uh-huh. like you know it it kind of it distracted from my relationship with that writer rather than added to it mm-hmm. so um narrative flow is probably the best way that i would i would describe that make sure that your story has a really strong narrative flow that carries the reader through it from beginning to end and are you ever concerned when, I mean, if, for example, you know, you're sharing details about your life, about your personal life and so on. And quite frankly, we live in a world where crazy things happen. Are you mm-hmm. ever concerned that people will take advantage of the information that they know about you now? They know where you're going to be or they know um, certain things about your personal life and invade your privacy and those types of things. Do you have privacy concerns? No, not too much. I mean, I I do the obvious things like I I don't share my my specific address or my yeah. phone number or anything like that. Um if I'm telling a story about a friend, I won't uh use that friend's real name. Okay. I'll usually just say a friend of mine. Um or, you know, adjust – I won't change the story, but I will change any kind of identifying details. Like if it's a story about a male, I'll change it to a female sometimes. Gotcha. You know, just swap the the him and her pronouns. Mm-hmm. And that can that can do a lot for sort of protecting the privacy of my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than that, I mean, in terms of myself, you know, I'm – it, it helps that I'm self-employed, so I don't really have to worry about an employer, like yeah. a boss, finding yeah. anything that I write. Um, I am a landlord, and so for a while I would get nervous that like my tenants would stumble across my pages in which I describe um, the properties that I've bought. And you know what? That has happened. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really not a big deal because the, those stories, they're very honest, and so they tell both the good and the bad. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes your tenants think that – you make more than you actually do. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, so sometimes they'll be like, well, wow, is that all? That's it? That's all you're making? <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. So what we've seen so far, what we've spoken about is you want to make sure that your personality is in there. One mm-hmm. great way of making sure your personality is in there is by sharing stories. You want to make sure that you have an about page. You want to make sure that that about page shares your journey. Um, okay, Occasional outbursts are okay. Don't get all crazy and stuff, <laughs> but mm-hmm. make sure it adds value to your audience. And by doing all of this, you're really building, quite frankly, you're building something that's different from any other blog out there because your story is different different from my story. 
Absolutely, yeah. Nobody else can be you. You're you're always going to produce unique, original content if you're writing about you and and your friends and family and and readers and if you're sharing those stories. Nobody else can do that. Now, where where do you see things going for you in terms of your blog, in terms of your business? What's like? I don't know if you're thinking like you know my five year goal or my ten year goal. What are your plans? Uh, the immediate plans are to uh, within the next year. Start a podcast. Nice. <laughs> I, I think you do pretty well at a podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I'd like to start a podcast. I'd like to create my first course. Okay, before we move on, actually, mm-hmm. why are you starting a podcast? That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that. I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm asking it because I know that there are probably people that are listening to this that are probably going to have the same lines of thought as you are having. And Mm -hmm. they might see, okay, maybe, you know what, a podcast would be a great way to do X, Y, Z. So I just want to get into your mindset in terms of why you're going in that direction. So I think that developing a strong relationship with your readers Mm -hmm. is the is the top priority. And I've sort of hinted at this before. The, you know, the blog is is an active service to your readers. And as long as you're making sure that you're serving them and not doing things for the sake of your own ego, you're probably on the right track. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that a podcast, because it allows people to hear your voice, it can be a, a way of deepening a relationship between yourself and your readers. Or in this case, I guess they're your listeners yeah. now. But there's something about, you know, words on a screen are great. Um, they share a side of you that comes out. The side of you that comes out through your fingertips when you write is uh-huh. very different than the side of you that comes out through your mouth when you speak. Definitely. Um and so so this isn't to detract from the power of blogging. I think blogging is amazing. But there's something about having another person's voice in your earbuds, mm-hmm. you know, literally they're in your ear when you're at the gym or driving your car or taking a walk. That's just a very powerful way of connecting. And I, and I also think I, I agree with you 100 percent, but I also think it's also I also think it's also um, <laughs> it's, it's great for story, quite frankly. I mean, l- listen to how many stories you've told in this podcast episode. I think it really does help to go along these same lines of um, that story, that personality and so on. So I think it's I think it'd be perfect for you. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So you say you're doing a, a podcast. You're going into a, you're doing a course, you said? Yes, I would like to create my first course. And so this uh, this is actually something that I've been thinking about for a while because um, my philosophy when I started the blog was build the readership first and worry about monetizing it second. Okay. Um, because I've seen a lot of bloggers do the opposite. I've seen a lot of bloggers start and right from day one, they're like, how can I make money at this? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't even have like 10 visitors a day yet. <laughs> Let's get let's build that readership first. Gotcha. And uh, and so that's been my philosophy. And and at this point, I've got a strong readership. I've got about ten thousand email subscribers. Nice. And um, so now that I've I've got I've developed a strong readership base. I I know that even though I'm doing it full time, I know that I'm under monetizing it. Um, and so I'm starting to think about how I want to do that. And of course, as as you know, there are many options. You can do uh, affiliate links. You can do traditional display advertising. There's just there's a million different choices. Um, and I, I'm I'm most comfortable um, promoting a product that I myself have created. Yeah. Because if I've created it, I know that it's going to be good. Yeah. 
And quality control is very important to me because if I'm going to recommend a product or a service or a book, it it has to be good. I'm not going to – I've built this trust with my readers and I'm not going to recommend something that is junky or that's not going to serve their needs. Um, and so I, I guess – and maybe maybe this is the curse of the entrepreneur – you know, I know that if I do it myself, it's going to be good. So I want to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I definitely understand that. Um, so you got a lot going on at affordanything.com. And hey, if anyone is listening to this and they love your stories, you enjoyed what you heard here today and you want to find out more, head on over to affordanything.com and sign up for the mailing list. What I mean, what what are they going to find there? So I... Uh email out a, a new blog post about once a week. Okay. Each post is a mega post that runs about 2,000 words. Today's today's post went about 3,000 words. Wow, awesome. So they're very in-depth articles, and each one tackles a very specific question or problem that people have, generally related to um, breaking the nine-to-five cubicle shackles, becoming your own boss, traveling the world, reaching financial freedom, building wealth, um, and really just getting yourself to a point where you can you can live free. You don't have to work for somebody else anymore. You can do what you want and, and live the lifestyle that you've always dreamed of. Awesome. So definitely check that out if you're interested in any of those things. And I know a lot of you are. Are you going to be at um, a digital collab this year? I will. So Digital Collab and FinCon, FinCon. the Financial Bloggers yeah. Conference, are back to back. I haven't registered for Digital Collab, but I actually plan on showing up and hanging out in the hotel lobby while there it's going go. on. <laughs> I think I'm, I, I haven't I haven't registered or anything of that sort yet, but I'm I'm, I'm strongly evaluating and I think I'm going to be over there. So, hey, we might see each other again. Definitely. Def- and I will definitely be at the Financial Bloggers Conference, which is immediately after that. I'll be speaking at, uh, at that conference. So um, I'll certainly be there. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Your enthusiasm. It's like infectious. <laughs> thank you. You too. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed Paula today and you want some more of that kind of content, you want some more of those interesting stories and you want to learn how you can afford not just something, but anything, <laughs> head on over to affordanything.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. And if you're enjoying it, I would appreciate it if you can head on over to iTunes and leave an honest rating and a review. You can go to becomeablogger.com slash iTunes and that really does help to get additional exposure for this podcast and I really appreciate it. And of course, if you are trying to get a blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business, check out my free course at freebloggingvideos.com where you basically get to follow me as I show you step by step, screen by screen, how to build a blog into a successful online business, how I've done it and how many others have done the same. So freebloggingvideos.com. It's free, it's actionable and awesome. So that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight 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 three five two four one four.